1: And then upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Ah! wins the national championship for Notre Dame! Plus, fighting Irish hockey. They
2: score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame!
1: Darren Pritchett.
2: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the program. We're live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our WSBT radio app, a video of the show is available right now on the free Twitch app. This is your Thursday, October the 20th, 2022, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. We have sunshine and currently 57 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Speaking of the weather, if you're going to the ball game on Saturday, or if you have any sort of outdoor event, it's going to be a really nice day. Saturday's forecast mostly sunny skies and a high of 73. I guess UNLV will feel right at home with temperatures in the 70s, although it's probably warmer out there. Nine minutes after five o'clock, welcome to the program. We are on the air until seven o'clock. Then at 7 o'clock, it is the Marcus Freeman Show, followed at 8 o'clock by Westwood One's coverage of Thursday night football. And tonight an NFC matchup. It is the New Orleans Saints visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Probably kickoff right around 8:15, all right here on Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Coming up in this hour of the program, we'll have our Twitter question of the day, which includes, since the Irish are 3-3, three three, how do you restructure your goals as a Notre Dame football fan? Also coming up, a look at the upcoming week in the National Football League, which starts with the Saints and the Cardinals tonight and wraps up with the Bears in New England to take on the Patriots. On Monday night, we've got our My Five Question of the Day Five Keys for the Irish Offense to Have Success Against UNLV on Saturday. Coming up in the six o'clock hour, it's our weekly look at Notre Dame opponents, and we rank them from 12 to 1. We have our sports wagering segment also coming up here on WSBT Radio, and it was a eh, night on the sports wagering front. We'll try to do a little better tonight with four more picks. And this is a very unique night in sports. For only the 27th time ever, all four major sports will have events on the same day. Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL. So we have a chance to have all four sports rolling tonight. We told you about Thursday night football with the Saints and the Cardinals. You've got the Yankees and Astros in the America League Championship Series, a couple of games in the NBA and in the NHL. There's even some college football tonight as well. So if you're a sports fan, this should be a fun night. Kind of sit back and relax and pick your favorite sporting event to watch as we get set for Notre Dame taking on UNLV this Saturday, 2:30 kickoff on WSBT Radio. I probably don't have to remind you, but if you are not a subscriber to Peacock, you will not be able to watch the game. You can subscribe to Peacock, and then you can watch the Irish and the Rebels. If you are not interested in doing that, of course, we highly encourage you to flip on your radio. Here to 960 AM WSBT, we will have the game for you, and it doesn't cost you a penny. You've got two really good broadcasters that you can Honing in on Paul Burmeister and Ryan Harris on the Notre Dame radio network, so we have that for you coming up on Saturday. Our pregame starts bright and early at 8 a.m. on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: The first pitch of uh, the first pitch of the night, and we are ready for the first pitch of- into the wind of his first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
2: Our first pitch tonight is following along with this fighting Irish football team that is trying to put that Stanford game behind them and try to move forward, keep pushing on. Not a very easy game to get up for on Saturday. My belief is you've only got 12 to get up for. It shouldn't be hard, but I can understand this is one of the more difficult games as you've got UNLV coming to Notre Dame Stadium for this contest. Well, the story all week on this program and your favorite Notre Dame football service, whether it's on the internet, television, what are the Irish going to become offensively? It was brought up today during Coach Freeman's Zoom press conference that there's a vacant offensive analyst position that is open, and they have not found the right fit yet for that particular position. Well, the Irish through six games are tied for 99th in the country in scoring offense at 23.7 points per game. In today's college football, where offense reigns supreme. That's a very disappointing number. A combination of many people believe, failed schemes, play calling, poor execution. Everybody's kind of pointing their finger in different directions. And you're probably all right to an extent. So, what is going to become of this fighting Irish offense? What did they learn against Stanford that might help them this week and the final six weeks of the regular season, which will include matchups with three top 15 teams, although probably only two of them will be in the top 15 when the Irish face them. I'm expecting Syracuse to get thumped by Clemson this week. And by the way, DraftKings Sportsbook has already posted a line for Notre Dame-Syracuse. What would be your guess? Irish at Syracuse next Saturday at what used to be known as the Carrier Dome. Well, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, right now the favorite is Notre Dame by a point over Syracuse. Hmm, found it interesting. Well, Ryan Harris, I mentioned, is a part of the Notre Dame Radio Network. Does a terrific job breaking down the ball games here on the network, right here on WSBT Radio, working with Paul Burmeister. I obviously really respect his opinion as a former Irish offensive lineman, longtime offensive lineman in the National Football League, winning a Super Bowl championship with the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl 50 beating the Carolina Panthers in Peyton Manning's final game. Well, Ryan was a guest on a podcast that I was actually on a couple of weeks ago. It's called Varsity Brews. My second favorite quarterback of all time, Evan Sharpley, the former Irish quarterback, is a part of that podcast. Fahid from ABC 57's pregame show also, co-hosting with Evan. And they had Ryan Harris on the program after the Stanford game. And I found the conversation interesting from a couple of different standpoints. A, I wanted to get Ryan's take on, or I wanted to hear his take on what the Irish were trying to do offensively with the extra hat in the box, trying to stop the run. And not only did we get that, but we got a really interesting take by a former player on Michael Mayer. So give a listen. You can find the varsity brews podcast Wherever you get your favorite podcast, just search varsity brews. It's a good, good listen. Again, I was on with Vahid and Evan a couple of weeks ago. But here's Ryan Harris, the former Irish offensive lineman, current broadcaster, and what he saw against Stanford. And then Evan asks him a further question, and his last comment I think really I found not surprising but interesting coming from a former Notre Dame player.
3: Well, I saw them. was going to stop the entire run game and Michael Mayer. That was clearly both of their efforts. Uh, they had eight men in the box. They're daring Notre Dame to throw. And this is a team that gave up touchdown passes of 75 yards, 55 yards. And so they just dared him to throw. It didn't really happen. And then on throwing downs, they, they did a very smart thing. They bracket coverage uh, Michael Mayer, put a player underneath him trail, which makes it tough to throw any quick in or out routes. And they put a player over top of him, which kind of closed off the middle of the field. So uh, Notre Dame failed to establish the run outside of the tackles, and they failed to find open receivers except for Michael Mayer until it was
1: too late. What's the re- if you're Tommy Reese, what's the recipe here moving forward uh, during this tough stretch of schedule where right you have UNLV, but then you have undefeated Syracuse, you have Clemson clearly, and then finishing up against USC? In your mind, what does this offense need to do to tip the scales a little bit and go off script where teams aren't going to be able to game plan for Michael Mayer?
3: Well, hey, listen, I played with some of the best receivers in the NFL, and I'll tell you, when they, when, you get, when they know and they're trying to stop your number one weapon, use that weapon as a decoy. I mean, that's football 303, right? I mean, it's advanced, but you can do it, especially at Notre Dame. So what you would do, what I would do, is put Michael Mayer in a trips formation, maybe even leading it, send him sprinting down the field, scaring the heck out of the rest of the defense, and put people underneath him. I mean, he's the kind of player that even if he makes a move to the inside, he's going to catch the attention of the Mike linebacker plus the Sam or safety covering him. If you can get three players with their eyes on Michael Mayer, then you have opportunities elsewhere. But uh, I kind of mentioned it, guys, And I mean, you're Michael Mayer. You also got to start asking yourself if it's worth playing the rest of the season. I mean, the season's not going the way you wanted it. He's established himself as the best player in the country. There's a lot more to lose than the game with Michael Mayer continuing to play.
2: A lot of good comments right there, but you heard the last statement. If you're Michael Mayer, you have to start thinking about why should I play another down for this football team? Now, we don't know Michael personally. He seems like an awesome kid, stand-up kid. All he wants to do is win. But he also has to reevaluate the current situation and his promising future. And we all have to respect that after we witnessed what happened to former Irish linebacker Jalen Smith in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. Suffered that devastating lower leg injury that cost him being a top five pick in the draft. I mean, he's recovered, but is he the same guy? You know, that's highly debatable. I think he has lost some of that explosiveness that he had at Notre Dame. I mean, you want Michael to wrap up his career in a Notre Dame jersey through the regular season, but you know what? I can totally understand if mom, dad, advisor, whomever, starts having that conversation. He seems like someone that loves his teammates – Again, I'm saying this from afar. Loves putting on that Notre Dame helmet, but at some point, when this team is three and three and fighting to go to a bowl game that I think we all realize kind of like last year when people backed out of the bowl game, it's a game you're gonna qualify for, or help the team qualify for, but you're not gonna play it. If you're Isaiah Foskey, Jared Patterson, Michael Mayer, are you playing in the Duke Mayo Bowl? Knowing a, a career in the National Football League is coming up and possibly high draft pick status, it stinks to have to have this conversation. I hate it. I really do. But it's reality. And is it worth going out there and risking injury to play with your guys? If you're Isaiah Foskey, knowing that Navy is coming up, Do you want the possibility of your legs getting chopped and injured in that particular game? Remember a few years back, Lewis Nix decided not to play in the Navy game and kind of wrapped up his career at Notre Dame and prepared for the NFL draft. It's something you have to think about, and it's football today because today we got a reminder of how quickly things can change. Oklahoma State got knocked out of the college football playoff picture by TCU last week. Today, Oklahoma State defensive tackle Brendan Evers, who started 14 games last season but has battled numerous injuries in his career, said he is foregoing the rest of the season to prepare for the 2013 NFL draft. Oklahoma State could be a team going to – a New Year Six Bowl game. But that's not enough for this guy. Now, a little different. He has had numerous injuries. Mayor has not. So that is a big difference, but it also reminds us how even a New Year Six Bowl game isn't attractive to some of these players who have high expectations for the National Football League draft. So I think it's one thing if you or I Talk about is it time for Michael Mayer to not play again? But when you hear it from a great Notre Dame football player who's one of the voices of the Notre Dame football program on the radio, who had a stellar National Football League career wrapping up with a Super Bowl championship, when he makes the statement that Michael Mayer really needs to think about not playing another down, that resonates. It validates what you and I have said or have been thinking. But to hear a guy like Ryan Harris say that, I think probably might catch the attention of people that think you or I are crazy for thinking like that. There's a lot of money at stake, and it stinks to have this conversation. But these guys came back for another year at Notre Dame. Like Isaiah Foskey, like Jared Patterson, Michael Mayer will jump to the NFL after this season, his junior season. And even though a great teammate would stick around, sometimes it's best to put being a teammate aside and have to make an individual decision. Now, will that happen? Hey, we don't know. Again, just from afar, listening to Michael Mayer, it's hard to imagine. It's going to happen anytime soon. But, I mean, what do you have to gain if you're a top-10 NFL draft pick and your football team's 3-3 and trying to get to 500 to make a bowl game and maybe go to the Duke Mayo Bowl, and if you win that game, your coach gets mayonnaise dumped on his head? Not exactly what you were looking for at the start of the season. But also beyond Mayer talking, I'm sorry, Ryan Harris talking about Michael Mayer and that decision, I thought Ryan made a couple other very interesting points that were worth pointing out again. When asked about the Stanford game offensively, he referenced that Notre Dame did not establish a run game outside the tackles. He explained how Stanford was attacking Notre Dame, putting that extra hat in the box and bracketing. Michael Mayer making it very difficult for Drew Pine to throw the football to his favorite target. And there was really no receiver that was able to consistently step up to help out Mayer in this passing game. I know what many of you are yelling at the radio right now. What about Tobias Merriweather? When he ran a couple of routes, he could have had two touchdowns. Not arguing. Not arguing. Just reporting facts, not entering my opinion into things at that particular moment. I'm just saying, based on what we saw, those given the opportunity did not consistently step up in this football game. Maybe that's a better way of saying it so you don't yell at me through your radio speakers. Hey, Ryan Harris has a great mind for football. Played on the offensive side of the football at the highest level. In college and in the NFL, and I really respect his opinions. And I hadn't really thought about how the Irish had not really ever tried to establish in that Stanford game the run game to the outside. It was a lot of runs in between the tackles, and you're running right into the teeth of that defense. So if you want to hear more from Ryan Harris, it's a really, really good podcast. Varsity Brews, go to your favorite podcast location to grab that podcast listen to Vaheed Evan and Ryan Harris talk Notre Dame football so now the Irish are going to try to get past this loss offensively this is a great opportunity to have a get right week UNLV has given up 40 plus points each of the last two weeks San Jose State and Air Force So this is a wonderful opportunity to get past some of the wrongs of last week and make them right. Will that happen? It should. But I think just when we think we have this team figured out, they surprise us half the time in a negative way. They haven't played a great game at home yet. this should be the week it happens. I think it will, but I can't guarantee it. Nor should you believe what I'm saying because they haven't shown they can play good football at home this year for whatever reason it is against weaker competition. And this is, once again, weaker competition. Don't care if they're 4-3 and three or not. Take a look at who they played so far this year. One common opponent, Cal. They lost 20-14. to The Irish won 24-17. So getting past the loss, improving looking to get better some of the things that marcus freeman talked about today during his zoom meeting with the media
4: the only way we're going to get better is to learn from it the only way we're going to get better is to fix the issues that you see happen. and and that whole adage of just trust the process and it's going to get better like that's not the way we're going to do things we're going to evaluate and fix the process we're going to fix things and and you know what i believe it was a great week a great two days of practice and uh you know, today is is hopefully gonna be another good day of practice. And, and let's build on the corrections and, and the good things we've done in the past. And in hopes that Saturday we go out and we execute and we do a better job, we play better. Um, but uh, this really has made this group rally together. Like stay together, trust each other. Do not listen um, to anything anybody um, has to say positively or negatively about you outside of these walls. Coach, be honest with yourself coach each other up, coaches coach the players, coaches help each other. And uh, let's use this as a time to really evaluate what we're doing and make sure, you know, we have to make sure not hope and pray and, and not, you know, keep our fingers crossed, but make sure that we're better and we perform
2: better on Saturday when it matters the most. thought it was interesting. You said, don't trust the process. Went on to say later on that the Sanford loss, it had to happen. It had to happen for us to get better. Boy, if I'm a senior, I have a hard time sitting there listening to that. 5.30 at WSBT, Sports be continues here on WSBT Radio. This has been a weird week. This has been a really, really strange week. How about the offense getting off to a faster start? Irish fans would be okay with that?
4: Yeah, we gotta we got to make sure that we are, um, you know, one, it's a mentality – and you're not judged. That's what I just told the team and the staff. We're not judged off of mentality, but it's you've got to have a right mindset because that will have a, a, a dictate on your your actions and how we start the game. And so we got to come out the locker room ready to go with the right mentality. And then, you know what, we got to give our offense um, some 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 confidence plays, some easy drive starters, some, some some plays where there isn't multiple decisions, right? There's going to be one thing we want you to do and and – you know we have to try to look for easy completions, be able to run the ball, establish the run play, and and really have no self-inflicted wounds. You see how we started last game with um, a penalty to start the game, and then the second down we had some miscommunication. We can't start the game that way. We got to start the game effectively. Um, we got to practice uh, those plays often and, and make sure our guys know exactly what we plan to see and what we're going to do as an offense and defensively. I think it's a mindset that we got to challenge them. I think what you look at last game is that defensively, we kind of we wanted to fill them out a little bit, you know, feel Stanford out what they were going to do. And, you know, we can't be soft. We got to challenge our opponents. And so both sides of the ball have to come out with no mental errors and, and really focus on challenging the opponent on both sides of the ball.
2: Sounds like they're starting to simplify things, which seems like the right thing to do at this point. They were feeling out the Stanford offense. That was intriguing. And Marcus mentioned easy completions. I've been preaching that since the start of the season. Get the ball out of these quarterbacks' hands quickly at times. And I referenced early in the season, look at what Jeff Brom does at Purdue. Wide receiver screens, that quick little bolt throw, get the snap and fire it out to the outside. That's something that has been highly successful for Purdue. And if you are watching on tape your receivers not get open, it seems like getting rid of the football quickly and those type of throws is something that can help everybody on this football team. So I thought that since the start of the year, hopefully we might see a little bit more of that. I know with the way Stanford playing, boy, there was a lot of room over the middle of the field for a couple of slants against those blitz looks with the wide side wide receiver. We don't do that here, so that's not an option. But I like the sound of easy completions. That's something that would help Drew Pine a whole lot this week and going forward. And Coach Freeman today talked about keeping Drew Pine positive after he was unable to complete 50% of his passes against one of the weaker Power 5 conference defenses in the country.
4: You know, early in the week, it's a confidence blow. Um, Drew was, was, you know, I met with Drew one-on-one for a while, and, and, you know, I could tell early in the meeting he felt like he let the team down, and, and that, that's what makes Drew Pine Drew behind us, we need more individuals that look at themselves and say, hey, I didn't do my job. And and that's from the head coach on down to the starting quarterback, on down to the scout team guys. And so, you know, Drew continues to be reassured of the confidence we have in him, the confidence that um, that his team has in him. And, and I believe he's an extremely talented quarterback that was playing really, really well, you know, and, and didn't have the game that he wanted to. But what we can't do is let that have any impact on his mentality or or his mindset going into this game versus UNLV. And so um, Drew's had an extremely good week of practice. The biggest focus with Drew is being Kabika. Be
2: well, I think Drew will bounce back very nicely this week against UNLV. Also during that Zoom conference, Marcus referenced that preparing for a left-handed quarterback versus a right-handed quarterback creates a problem for the Irish this weekend. 535 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I need to take a break. I'm going to come back with the Twitter question of the day in just a couple of moments as we continue on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter Question of the Day from Sports Radio 960, WSBT.
2: 540 at WSBT on this Thursday evening, The Marcus Freeman Show. From 7 to 8 tonight on WSBT Radio. And we've got Thursday night football. The New Orleans Saints visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Coverage from Westwood One begins at 8 o'clock. Our Twitter question of the day is a daily feature on my Twitter account, at 960 Sportsbeat. We come up with a question and we ask you to vote. The next day on this program, we unveil the results and ask a brand new question. On Wednesday's program, we asked, what is your interest level in this week's Notre Dame UNLV game that is available on the Peacock stream and will not be on regular television? That could factor into people's decision on how much they're going to care about this game if they're not going to pay for the subscription. Might listen to the radio. Might watch another game. Might do yard work, who knows? So, again, what is your interest level in this week's game that is available on the Peacock stream and not on regular TV? Here were your three choices. Choice number one you're either already a subscriber to Peacock or you're going to pay the subscription for Peacock to watch the game. Choice number two you can listen to the ball game on the radio or on a stream. Your third choice, normally I follow the Irish every Saturday, but you know what? Not this Saturday. I'm tuning out. The voting was extremely close. So truly a split fan base. Third place in the voting at 28.9% with the game on the Peacock stream. You said you're going to listen to the game on the radio or on a stream second place in the voting thirty four point nine percent normally I follow the fighting Irish every week but you know what not this Saturday not subscribing to Peacock UNLV is not a big enough opponent the Irish are three and three I'm just gonna do something else and barely beating that option the winning Choice at 36.1 percent. Either you subscribe to Peacock already, or you're going to pay the subscription fee to watch the Notre Dame UNLV game. I got 36.1 percent, not following at all, 34.9 radio stream listening at 28.9. I'm actually a little surprised that a majority is going to go ahead and pay the money for Peacock to watch this game that's a sign of a die hard fan base, give you a lot of credit for that we thank you for voting, greatly appreciate it today's question already available on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat with Notre Dame being 3-3 through 6 games what are your restructured goals for this year's team basically for the remainder of the year I'm offering you four choices today. Choice number one, you just want the football team to finish above 500. Choice number two, you just want the Fighting Irish to make a bowl game. The third choice, the most important thing for you as you restructure your goals for this year's team, you want them to beat either Clemson or USC. Your fourth choice, find out if you have your 2023 starting quarterback currently on the roster. And the vote is very even right now amongst three of the four choices. So again, with Notre Dame being three and three, what are your restructured goals for this year's team? Finish above 500, make a bowl game, You want them to beat either Clemson or USC, that'll make you happy. Or you're interested to see if this current roster has the 2023 starting quarterback on it. Again, the question is available right now until Friday afternoon. We'd love for you to vote on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. And I'm really intrigued to see how this ends up. The choice in fourth place I thought would be first place. So I guess I am way off on this one. We'll see how the vote ends up, and we'll bring it to you on tomorrow's program. That's the Twitter question of the day. 5.45 on your home of the Fighting Irish. We'll talk some NFL to break up some Notre Dame talk next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: As long as I can remember, I've had issues breathing through my nose. Since procedure, I breathe through my nose. I sleep through the night. I don't wake up with headaches. Just get it checked out. It's 100% worth it. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022.
2: We continue on but weekday sports beat 550 on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're also your home for primetime National Football League action, including tonight's Thursday night tilt out in the desert. The New Orleans Saints taking on the Arizona Cardinals. It's a brand new week in the National Football League on a bye this week. The Minnesota Vikings the Philadelphia Eagles, the Los Angeles Rams, and, well, they've earned a week off after their win in Kansas City, the Buffalo Bills. Otherwise, we've got a good slate of games to work our way through. Last week in our pick segment, not so great going 9-5, and five, although how many people had the Steelers beating the Buccaneers last week? I sure the heck didn't. But a great performance by Pittsburgh, and they go to Miami this weekend. In an interesting game with Tua Tagovailoa returning at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk some national footballing and try to figure out who's doing what this weekend. We'll start with tonight's matchup. Thursday night football, and it features the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona favored by... Two points. They get DeAndre Hopkins back off the suspension list for use of PEDs. The star wide receiver returns as Hollywood Brown goes out with an injury last week in Seattle. So that's much needed for Arizona. Andy Dalton is terrible in primetime games. He's only won one time out of 12 attempts. Cardinals at home. I think it's a get-right moment for Arizona and Kyler Murray. I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Saints tonight. Next up, our Sunday slate in the noon window, or the 1 o'clock window, I should say. You can tell I grew up in the central time zone where it was the noon time slot. The 1 o'clock time slot, Falcons at Bengals. Not talking spreads in this segment, but I will mention the Atlanta Falcons are 6-0, against the spread this year. The only undefeated team against the spread. And they're a a 6.5-point underdog at Cincinnati. I like the Bengals in this matchup, but I'd love for them to get back to running the football a little better with Joe Mixon. But they got Chase and Higgins on the outside. It's awfully hard to forget about them. So I'll take the Bengals over the Falcons. The Lions coming off a bye. Did they figure out anything? Well, they go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys coming off their Monday night loss in the division to the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas is favored by seven points. The Lions are pretty banged up. Dak Prescott looks like he'll return to start. Let's go with the Cowboys in that matchup and try not to complicate things and figuring out a way the Lions to win this game. Big matchup in the AFC South in Nashville. Colts. And Titans, Tennessee favored by two and a half. Maybe some good news coming up for the Colts. Two straight days that running back Jonathan Taylor and linebacker Shaq Leonard practiced for Indianapolis. From a wagering standpoint, I think I just take the points in this coin flip matchup and go with the Colts plus two and a half. I'm leaning Titans outright in this game. I'm writing it in pencil. For this segment, I'll pick the Titans but if Jonathan Taylor comes back, that might sway me. This is a complicated game to me, and it shouldn't be. Packers at Commanders. Aaron Rodgers dealing with a thumb injury. Did not practice yesterday. Carson Wentz is down with a hand injury. So what in the world's going to happen in this particular game? Packers were favored by 5.5. It's down to 4.5. Packers got beaten at home soundly by the Jets last week. Commanders somehow, someway beat the Bears, or the Bears beat themselves. I'm going Packers, but I have not been this least confident about a Packer game in some time. I'll go with them, I guess, based on who they've been and what they could be. Buccaneers and Panthers. Once again, Tampa Bay favored by double digits for a second straight week. On the road for a second straight week. Tampa Bay favored by 11. They can't lose to the Panthers, right? They're on their third string quarterback. Got to go with the Buccaneers here. This is the one that makes you go, hmm, what are they doing out in Las Vegas? What are they going to try to do to us? The Giants at the Jaguars. Two teams that seem to be headed in opposite directions. The Giants have lost just one time. Great come from behind win at MetLife over the Ravens last week. The Jaguars have been fading a tad bit, including their seven-point loss to the Colts in Indy last weekend. So Giants are playing great. Jaguars are starting to play poor. The game in Jacksonville. And what do the folks in Vegas say? Of course, the Jaguars are favored by three. It's one of those where you want to hit the send button as quick as you can and take the Giants in those three points, but that's what Vegas wants you to do. The line's not moving. This is a tricky one. And based on the mind games Las Vegas is playing, I'm picking the Jaguars to upset the Giants I think the Giants are the much better football team they've got a great head coach look what he's doing with Daniel Jones but Vegas is playing with my mind and because of that I'll go the opposite way you should in Jacksonville Browns and Ravens in Baltimore Baltimore favored by six Ugh. wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole I'll just take the Ravens at home And Lamar Jackson's got to stop turning the football over in the fourth quarter. A lot of tough losses for Baltimore this year. Jets and Broncos out in Denver. You hold your nose on this one. Denver favored by a point and a half. It's another one of those what? I'll take the bait on this one. I'll go with the Jets to beat Denver. Russell Wilson may not play with a hamstring injury, although at this point that might be a good thing for Denver. But I'll take the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Texans and Raiders in Vegas, baby. Vegas favored by seven. I'll ride the Raiders and their running game, which has worked very well lately with Josh Jacobs. Seahawks at Chargers. Man, Geno Smith is playing great for Seattle. Going to take on the Chargers in Los Angeles. L.A. favored by six and a half. Chargers win this game, but I don't think they cover in this spot. Chiefs and 49ers in San Francisco. KC favored by three. It's down to two and a half. I'll still ride Kansas City because the Niners have a lot of injuries right now. Steelers at Dolphins. Miami favored by seven. I like Pittsburgh plus seven, but I'll take the Dolphins to win the game outright on Sunday Night Football here on WSBT Radio. And then Monday night, Bears and Patriots, New England favored by seven and a half or eight points right now. Someone joked, Bill Belichick is the best in the business at taking away what you do best on offense. And of course, the punchline is, well, what exactly do the Bears do best? On offense, Well, it's obviously running the football. I mean, how can you not take the Patriots? Even if Mac Jones comes back, Bailey Zappi's been really, really good for New England. Not turning the football over. I'll go Patriots to win outright over Chicago. All right, those are some picks for the National Football League for this week, starting tonight with Saints and Cardinals at 8 o'clock. On WSBT Radio. Sports Center update coming up in a couple of moments. Then we'll get to the five keys for the Irish offense to get the job done against UNLV on Saturday. Sports beat rolls on into our second hour next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: Chiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
2: Eleven minutes after six o'clock at Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Great to have you on board. Darren Pritchett with you. Notre Dame UNLV, Saturday at 2.30 here on WSBT Radio. Let's try to figure out some things that the Irish offense can do on Saturday so you all can have a nice, enjoyable Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening watching Fighting Irish Football.
1: One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: All right, so five things that the Irish offense can do to have success against the UNLV defense Saturday, 2.30 kickoff here on WSBT Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Well, the first thing is not really something that they need to do to win the football game so this is an exception to the rule and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago didn't happen so I'm just going to mention it again but I think for this fighting Irish offense because you never know what lies ahead in the future It would be great if Notre Dame has full control of this game in the fourth quarter so you get freshman quarterback Steve Angeli on the field. I don't care if it's for six handoffs, but I think at this point it would be great to get that freshman on the field because he is one snap away from leading this offense. If Drew Pine goes down with an injury, Steve Angeli runs on the field, and you would like for him to at least get his feet wet before that moment, if it happens, takes place. So it would be great if the offense does its job, builds a very nice lead on UNLV. I'm not worried about the defense. They're going to be fine. But if you can get Steve Angeli on the field, A, you've done your job offensively. B, you get a young kid out there. Experience the moment. Kind of get that moment out of the way. And if he has to play in a big spot later on, hopefully that helps him. Four. Now to the things that the Irish need to do to have success. UNLV is allowing 164.4 yards per game. That is 90th in the country. And they have not played that difficult of a schedule. They're giving up 3.97 yards per carry, 13 rushing touchdowns. They did face a run-heavy team in Air Force last week. And Air Force put up 42 on the Rebels. Now, the Irish offensive line is graded out well in their run-blocking from last week. But it is... The job of the offensive coordinator to get that extra hat out of the box like Stanford did last week to slow down that Irish running game. Going to have to complete some throws down the field, and whichever receivers give you the best chance right now to get open, put them on the field. I don't care if they once in a while line up in the wrong spot, run a bad route every once in a while. This team needs playmakers, and that freshman looked pretty good in a couple of routes Last week, Tobias Merriweather. So it would be great if Notre Dame could establish their passing game early, force UNLV out of what probably they're going to do, copycat Stanford. If you can get the ball rolling in the passing game, you better believe the passing game can set up the run, and getting that extra hat out of the box would be a whole lot more enjoyable for this fighting Irish offense.
1: Okay, okay. Uh
2: Well, UNLV right now averaging 2.43 sacks per game. The Rebels have 17 sacks in seven games, which is tied for 39th in the country. Again, they played several teams that go into the category of weaker competition. So let's see if the Fighting Irish, the offensive line, Does their job, which I think they will. And maybe you can get that second tight end down the field for a couple of hits in this game. Again, trying to break up that defensive strategy of UNLV. Can you get Mitchell Evans down the field? Maybe Holden stays, as you probably heard earlier in the program or read online today. Eli Reardon no longer an option at tight end. Tore the same ACL in practice this week that he did playing basketball in high school last December. So just horrible news for him. So he's done for the year. Stays, moves up. But we saw a little bit of Mitchell Evans against Stanford. I think he comes up with at least one catch in this ballgame against UNLV. Let's see if he can sneak down the field and surprise UNLV. Number two. Things the Irish offense needs to do to have success against UNLV. Did you give Tobias Merriweather a chance to succeed in practice this week, and will it translate to the game? We're going to have to find out. Had 10 snaps against Stanford. As we documented, the freshman had a touchdown catch of 41 yards. A second was overthrown. He would have had an easy touchdown. So slowly but surely, he's getting on the field. Let's see if he surpasses. 10 snaps this week. I would have to think so. As precise as he ran those two routes we're talking about, sign me up for a little bit more of that.
1: Number one.
2: And the number one thing the Irish offense needs to do to have success against Stanford, get Drew Pine comfortable early. Get him off to a good start. Simple throws that are going to allow him to complete the football and allow him to build on those throws. 13 for 27 was disappointing after he was so precise, completing 72% of his passes leading into the Stanford game. He's not a 13 for 27 quarterback, probably not a 72% quarterback. I can see him being 65, 66%. I think he gets back to that, if not better, against UNLV, but getting him settled early, let him... Get comfortable and wash out whatever is still in between the ears after that game last week against Stanford. So those are five things the Irish offense can do to have some success against UNLV. be brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Pet Refuge Pet Refuge, excuse me, urging you to adopt own shop or new beginnings, have happy endings. South Bend Orthopedics, Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. By Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. And the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Nineteen minutes after six o'clock, Marcus Freeman show coming up at the top of the hour on WSBT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams down the sideline. Williams chased by Gamble twenty. Here's the fake, Meyer looking, Meyer finding the other tight end,
2: Irv Smith, touchdown!
1: Five-five rocket, touchdown, Irish! Here's your host, Darren Preachit.
2: 25 minutes after 6 o'clock, Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're on the air until 7 o'clock, then it's the Marcus Freeman Show, followed at 8 o'clock by Thursday night NFL action, the New Orleans Saints at the Arizona Cardinals, all right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, let's give you a little sample of what's happening with the teams on the Notre Dame football schedule, the teams they have played. Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? Marshall. And what about the teams coming up on the schedule? How much of a threat are they? Well, we package all that into this segment every Thursday as we talk about the 12 opponents on the Irish schedule. And just like the college football poll, I rank them from 12 to 1. So let's get started with this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings as we go from 12 to number 1. Well, this team has been number 12 all season long, but they are one more good performance away from leaving the basement. And that's the United States Naval Academy. They got off to such a horrible start offensively. Last two weeks against Tulsa and SMU, the running game has gotten rolling. Navy right now is a 2-4 and football team. They lost that game to the Mustangs of SMU, 40-34, but this is classic Navy offense. The midshipmen against SMU, 77 carries for 372 yards and three touchdowns. Now that's what you expect from Navy football. And if you're an Irish defensive lineman and... I don't know, you're 5-4 and four going into that Navy game. How excited are you to have that Navy blocking scheme coming at your legs? I'm a wimp. I would probably make one of those business decisions say, eh, I'm good, thanks. Number 11 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, the team that is very close to being 12th, and that is the thundering herd of Marshall who have collapsed since upsetting the Fighting Irish in Week 2. Marshall is now 3-3. Their only FBS win is against Notre Dame. Last week on their home field as a 10.5-point favorite, Marshall was knocked off by the raging Cajuns of Louisiana by 10-23-13. I can tell you right now, Marshall's going to be 3-4 because they are running into a really good football team. Their first season in the FBS were ranked in the top 25 until losing to Georgia Southern last week. Marshall gets a road game against James Madison this Saturday at 3-30. So Marshall's going to be 3-4. And And by the way, I didn't mention Navy will host Houston this week at 12 o'clock. So Marshall, number 11, Notre Dame opponent rankings, number 10, this week's opponent, the running Rebels from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Doug Brumfield is their quarterback. Will he play? Their offense has a chance with the 6'6 sophomore playing, but he has been out with a concussion suffered two weeks ago against San Jose State. Didn't play last week. Their offense put up seven against Air Force in a 42-7 defeat. Number nine in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings, a team that fell two spots in my rankings from seven to nine from the Pac-12 Conference, the California Golden Bears who are now three and three. I could have dropped them more But they beat UNLV head-to-head, so I can't, based on a tiebreaker, put UNLV ahead of them. But Cal has a reason to be lower, because they lost to the worst Power 5 conference team in the country, the Colorado Buffaloes in Boulder. It was 3-0 Colorado at halftime. Buffaloes won it in overtime, 20-13, so Cal is now 3-3, three and, three, and they're the underdog on their home field against the Washington Huskies Saturday night at 10.30. Number eight in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings, where there are some weak football teams, 7 through 12, in these rankings. Number eight, the Boston College Eagles, who will come to South Bend in November. B.C. is 2-4. and four. They were idle last weekend. The Eagles offensive line has not protected former Notre Dame quarterback Phil jakovic Phil is completing 60% of his passes for 1,335 yards, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. BC put up only three points at home against Clemson a couple of weeks ago. Well, BC's going to have to score this week because they go to Wake Forest for a 330 kickoff number 7 in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings the team that the Irish just lost to the Stanford Cardinal Stanford moves up from 9-7 to seven with that win the Cardinal are 2-4 and four, and they experienced their first win over an FBS team in 378 days they beat the Irish 16-14 and now a chance for 2 in a row Stanford home against Arizona State Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Now to the top six in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. Now you get to the better football team. Although BYU is heading in the wrong direction right now. They dropped two spots from four to six after the Cougars got routed at home by the Arkansas Razorbacks. 52-35. to Arkansas ran right through that BYU defense. The Razorbacks, 42 carries, 277 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. K.J. Jefferson returned from injury to play quarterback for the Hogs. He threw for 367 yards against BYU. 29 of 40, five touchdown passes. BYU is now 4-3. And they are at Liberty this Saturday at 3.30. Yes, that team. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. All right, number five in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. From the Atlantic Coast Conference, the North Carolina Tar Heels, they move up one spot to number five. I'm not sure what to do with this team because they looked horrible against Notre Dame and they played well before and after the Irish North Carolina 6-1, they escaped with a rivalry road win over Duke 38-35 last Saturday Drake May, the Carolina quarterback 28 of 38 380 yards, 3 touchdowns but as Notre Dame was able to do, Duke ran all over Carolina the Blue Devils had 42 rushes for 297 yards. North Carolina is idle this Saturday. Moving up, one spot to number four this week, the 6-0 Syracuse Orange. I was watching the Syracuse-NC State game during our game day sports beat program last Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium, and I was hoping to learn something about the Syracuse defense. I did not. Why? The North Carolina State backup quarterback was not competitive. He was not a challenge. So I'm still not sure about Syracuse, but I'll learn more this week because Syracuse, after winning a home game over NC State 24-9, they go to Clemson, a noon kickoff this Saturday. Syracuse 6-0, Clemson 7-0. By the way, Garrett Schrader, a transfer from Mississippi State, has been a good find for Syracuse. 69.7% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, 3 picks, 78 rushes, 300 yards, and 5 touchdowns. But how will he do against that NFL front of the Clemson Tigers? Next up in our Notre Dame opponent rankings, team number three. They do not move, even though they lost. And that's the men of Troy, the USC Trojans. USC lost at Utah in a barn burner, 43-42 in the closing moments. Utah scored a touchdown and converted a two-point conversion to go up by one. And they shut the door on Caleb Williams and the USC offense. Williams went 25-42 of for 381 yards and five touchdowns. Important to always see how teams are running it against USC for when Notre Dame takes on the Trojans at the Coliseum. Utah, 32 rushes, 138 yards, four touchdowns. Dalton Kincaid of Utah, 16 catches, 234 yards. Why do I bring that up? He's a tight end. And that was the damage done against the USC defense. Let me say that again. Dalton Kincaid, Utah tight end, 16 catches, 234 yards. That's a pretty interesting number for Michael Mayer down the line if he's still suiting up for the Fighting Irish. Number two in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. The 7-0 Clemson Tigers. Clemson got it done in Tallahassee beating Florida State 34 to 28. In that ball game, their quarterback DJU 15 of 23, 203 yards. Didn't throw it a whole lot, but of the 15 completions, three touchdown strikes. Will Shipley, the guy the Irish tried to get, Clemson One is services, the sophomore running back against the Seminoles. 20 carries for 121 yards. As I mentioned a couple of moments ago, Clemson 7-0. They will be hosting 6-0 Syracuse. Last time I checked, Syracuse, a 15-and-a-half point underdog to the old Clemson Tigers. And finally... They were number one in the preseason. They were number one in my poll after beating Notre Dame. They've been number one each day since. From the Big Ten Conference, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State had the weekend off. I mean, they were drained after going on the road for the first time this year. Remember, they started the year with five consecutive home games. And then they had to go on the road. In East Lansing, took care of Michigan State, so they took the week off. Because they're right back home to take on one of the weakest offenses in college football. It's gotten so bad in Iowa City, a first down is worth celebrating. It's going to be the Iowa Hawkeyes at the Ohio State Buckeyes. in the Horseshoe. It is an early start, a noon kick in that Big Ten matchup. C.J. Stroud, who was kind of quiet against the Fighting Irish. Having a Heisman Trophy-type year since, Stroud is completing 70.6% of his throws, 24 touchdown passes with three interceptions, and no surprise, the Buckeyes have... Scored boatloads of points against everybody since they were held to 21 by the Fighting Irish in Week 1 in Columbus. That's a juggernaut football team. And for my money, if someone other than an SEC team is going to win the national title, to me it's Ohio State. Now I say that knowing that the rivalry game, Michigan at Ohio State is going to mean a ton, like it has quite a bit lately. Michigan got by Ohio State last year to get to the Big Ten title game. You look at what's straight ahead for Ohio State. I mentioned the game against Iowa at the Horseshoe this Saturday. Their remaining schedule. Ohio State will go to number 16, Penn State, a week from Saturday for a noon kick, so not a nighttime game. That seems to always be the whiteout game for Penn State. But this time, it'll be an early start on Fox. After Penn State, Ohio State will go to Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Ohio State will then have a home game on November the 12th against Indiana, the Hoosiers. Ohio State then will have a game at Maryland. At least they can score points. They're 5-2, 2-2 and two, two and two in the Big Ten East. But defensively, C.J. Stroud will have some fun. And then that season finale, November 26th, Michigan at Ohio State already set up for a noon kickoff on Fox. So the Buckeyes, basically, if they beat Penn State, they should be home free, being undefeated, going into that matchup against Michigan. Now you look at the Wolverines. We finally learned a little bit about, I think, Michigan last week. After playing one of the worst non-conference schedules in the country, Colorado State, Hawaii, Connecticut, they played Maryland, 1-7. by seven. They went to Iowa, 1-13. by 13. They went to Indiana, 1-31-10. And then a good matchup with Penn State. Penn State, offensively, early on was a mess. But they were able to take a 14-13 lead somehow in the second quarter. But Michigan regained control with that great rushing attack and blew out Penn State, 41 to 17. So what's left for Michigan? Will they go undefeated heading into that game in Columbus against Ohio State? Well, Michigan idle this week. They're going to host the Michigan State Spartans October 29th at 730. The Spartans are 3-4, 1-3 in the Big Ten. Michigan will pack their bags and head to Piscataway to take on Rutgers, who is 3-3, 0-3 in the Big Ten. You've got a home game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who are actually playing a little better football right now without Scott Frost as their head coach. They're 3-4, 2-2. Then kind of an interesting game now. Interesting, yes, I'm a little biased, but... November 19th, Michigan will see a shadow of themselves. A great rushing team with a really good defense. And it's not a team that's been on the radar much the last 10 years. But here they are in control of the Big Ten West right now. The fighting Illini of Illinois led by the nation's leading rusher, Chase Brown. They have the number one pass efficiency defense in the country. Not saying Michigan's going to lose, but you look at that spot. Illinois might be, well, I think it is the best team left on their schedule outside of Ohio State, and look where it is on the schedule. As a Michigan kid, you're always looking ahead to Ohio State, and could Michigan fall asleep just a tad bit the week before the Buckeyes when they take on Brett Bielema's fighting a Illini? Hey, Michigan's going to be the favorite. They're probably going to win. But I'm just saying where that spot is on the schedule, I think makes that game just a wee bit more interesting. And then after the Illini, it is at Ohio State for Michigan. What do you know? Michigan's Ohio State's going to mean a whole lot in the Big Ten. Some things never change. 643 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you. Coming up next our sports wagering segment Fun Night. Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL all on the same night. I'll pick one from each and talk about them and make some picks in a moment on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960, WSB. Money, money,
0: money. Money, 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 money. Show me the money. money. <laughs> we go with Woof! <laughs>
2: And we wrap up sports beat tonight with our sports wagering segment, We Going to Sizzler, on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Well, let's recap the four suggestions from last night's program. I started with the Phillies and the Padres in Game 2 of the National League Championship Series. And I went with the Phillies on the money line. And, man, that was looking good. Up 4-0 until the Padres rallied in the fifth inning for five runs and won the ball game. So I took the loss there on the Phillies on the money line. I also took Aaron Nola, the starting pitcher for the Phillies, over five-and-a-half strikeouts at minus 110. Before getting knocked down in the fifth inning, he struck out. His sixth batter will take the victory, but barely. Had a two-team NHL parlay at minus 114. I took the Panthers over the Flyers. They won 4-3, but the Jets beat the Avs, and over time I took the Avs on the money line, so I lost that two-team NHL parlay. And finally, Yankees-Astros' first five innings over three-and-a-half runs at minus 110. Unfortunately, the Astros hit a couple of home runs in the sixth inning to go over that number, but it didn't happen through five innings. It was only two runs, a one-to-one game. So it was a one-and-three night last night. So after being 7-and-20 at one point in October, I'm now 27-and-30. Let's go through four suggestions for tonight's action. And since all four sports leagues The major ones are in action on the same night. Let's take one wager from each of the four major sports. Up first, the National Football League right here on WSBT Radio at 8 o'clock. The Cardinals and the Saints in Arizona. We're not sure who's going to start at quarterback for New Orleans. Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. I'm going with Kyler Murray And the Cardinals, they have not played well at home, so this might be going down a bad path. But I'll take the Big Red over the Saints at minus 145. That's a money line selection. Choice number two. The Astros and the Yankees game two of the America League Championship Series in Houston. I can only bet on things that are below 150 in this segment, so I'm right on the borderline here. But I really like the Astros tonight to win game two. I'll take them on the money line over the Yankees at minus 150. So not a lot of cash coming back, if that's correct. Choice number three from the NBA. Good matchup tonight the Bucks and the 76ers in Philadelphia. I'm going to go with a player prop. Sixers all star forward Joel Embiid. We're using him a little differently this year in the game against Boston. Head coach Doc Rivers put him a lot at the free throw line at the elbow, getting him the basketball in a spot where he can knock down the jumper, put the ball on the floor, get to the rim. So I think he is going to be needed tonight against a really good Milwaukee team. So I'm going to say Joel Embiid will go over 26 and a half points at minus 135 and finally my NHL suggestion we go back to a two-team NHL parlay I'm gonna take two East Coast teams at home over West Coast teams on a long road trip my parlay begins with the Boston Bruins on the money line defeating the Anaheim Ducks and then from Madison Square Garden I've got the New York Rangers defeating the San Jose Sharks. You combine the Bruins and the Rangers in this parlay, we get that at minus 103, so almost double your money. So the Cardinals on the money line, the Astros on the money line, Joel Embiid over 26 and a half points in a two-team NHL parlay, Bruins and Rangers. My underdog pick tonight, the Blue Jackets at home, to beat the Predators, I'll take Columbus on the money line at plus 125. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat has been brought to you by Budweiser, the King of Beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend football fans, this bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, For new beginnings have happy endings. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. Buy Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience and by the Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future. Marcus Freeman's show is next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.